Hello everyone, this is Trevor with Tea Time Reports. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. This is the episode we're going to be covering the uh, Lion, Detroit Lions Week 2 preview of their Week 2 matchup at Ford Field versus the Seattle Seahawks. This is a team that came into Ford Field last year and just decimated our defense with the rush attack. Rashad Penny went insane that game. Um, overall, this is, a, this is kind of a redeeming game for the Lions in my personal opinion. This is a very, very good club that Seattle has. They have a good roster, good offense, a very high-flying powered defense that has weapons all over the place. And you got to be very, very weary of throwing the ball against that backfield that they have on defense. I mean, Tariq Wolin, Kobe Bryant, uh, Devin Witherspoon, so many guys, and even their front seven is deadly. Uh, it's an overall very competitive team, and they have been under a phenomenal coach, Pete Carroll, who I will always respect um, and hold to a high standard above others. But uh, something I briefly wanted to just touch up on before we get into the actual predictions, player performance prediction and guesses, I want to go over each of these teams' stats from week one to kind of get a gist of what they're going to be going in heavy with, what they might even try out, what they need to work on, just stuff like that. But since, you know, out of respect for the visitors, I'm going to hit uh, hit up the, the stats of the Seattle Seahawks here first. Um, passing yards were, was terrible. Uh, they, they struggled with their pass game, which is going to be very nice for our new and revamped defense, um, speaking of Detroit here. But Geno Smith only had 112 passing yards, one touchdown, and a QBR of 50.6. That's terrible. That's terrible. Um, Obviously, he had the touchdown, but wow. You know, you didn't expect that to happen, right? Then Kenneth Walker led the team in rushing with 64 rushing yards. Um, DK Metcalf led the team in receiving yards with 47. Obviously, Bobby Wagner back on the squad led uh, the team in tackles with 19 tackles. 19 tackles. One thing about Geno Smith's completion percentage, it was 61.5%, which is okay. He only did, um, only did he only missed 10 throws. He was 16 of 26. Um, again, only 112 passing yards and an average of 4.3 per throw. His long was 28. He got sacked twice. Um, sack yards lost was 17, okay. Overall, his rating was 84.1, but his QBR was barely over 50. Zach Charbonnet was absent. Three carries for 11 yards. Uh, Geno Smith rushed one for six yards. And then we look at their receiving core. It's very, it did not perform. Tyler Lockett had one catch for two, uh, two catches for 10 yards on four targets. Jackson Smith and Njigba, three receptions on five targets for 13 yards. That's not the debut we wanted. Uh, Will Disley was second on the team for two catches on two targets for 17 yards, an average of 8.5. Um, yeah, their offense looks very one-dimensional. But then let's st- step over the defense. They they stepped up a little bit. They made some crucial, crucial plays, 89 total... Um, Total tackles in the game for their defense. That's pretty good. Good tackling. Special teams. Oh, they actually did. they got a touchdown on special teams. 
No, no, they didn't. DK Metcalf got a touchdown. Yeah, he had a receiving touchdown. Okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Moving forward to some of their other... Okay, so they had some decent... Decent, you know, kickoff return yards. Nothing on special teams that really scares me. Um, but yeah, I'm not afraid of them. You know, I, I'm not afraid of them as last year because they were unpredictable with Geno Smith. No one really knew what was going on with him. He kind of came in and, and did what he did. But now I feel like the the whole league has tape on the guy and their offense is becoming a little bit lackluster. I remember when they played the Lions last year, it was kind of the same kind of like halfback kind of like stretch run to the outside plays. And if it wasn't that, then they had three tight ends in, and they were either making like an in route for DK Tyler Lockett would just like break away and blown coverage. But now we have a whole revamped secondary with CJ Gardner Johnson and Brian Branch leading the helm. You know, Cam Sutton, I know he had a rough week one, but I think he can lock some of these guys down, especially considering that Geno Smith only threw for 112 passing yards. I could be sleeping on them, but I just, I'm not scared of that offense like I should be. You know, after that performance, I get it. The week one now is now kind of like the. I guess the fourth preseason game, but that that's just not convincing to me. So I, I'm more confident in the Lions beating the Chiefs, obviously, um, <laughs> rather than, you know, the, um, gosh, Seattle played who? Seattle, I'm drawing a blank. Yeah, they lost 30-13 to against the Rams. And that's actually more telling to the defense more than anything. I mean, when you break it down, because 30 points from <laughs> from that offense, Tyler Higby had a really good catch in that game. I remember that. Matthew Stafford did not have a bad game at all. He looks like he'd still win games for him. Um, but they just don't look like the same team. But that was a good win over a divisional rival. But maybe it's just because Seattle just looks terrible on offense. I don't know. But maybe it might be the Rams' defense stepping up to the plate there. I'm going to grab a little sip of my beverage. Bear with me. Excuse me. But let's get into, overall, some of the things that we could look forward to for Detroit. And maybe have to look out for, for Detroit. Um, Stat-wise, let's get, let's get into the stats here. Total yards for Detroit in this game was 368, compared to Kansas's 316. Each team had a turnover. The Lions had 19 first downs, and the Lions had 32 minutes of possession. If the Lions are able to do that same recipe, I, I think that that's uh, another win in the book. Especially considering, you know, the team we just saw for Seattle. Like that did not look like them last year at all. Maybe it's going to take another year, another week to revamp and get ready. But I just don't see them doing anything against this team that, you know, kind of held the Chiefs at bay, held Patrick Mahomes at bay to be able to win the game. And Jared Goff was 22 of 35, 253 yards and a touchdown. Clean game from him, did what he had to do, made some really nice throws, accurate throws, elite throws. And then Patrick Mahomes had a really good game himself, only 21 of 39, 226 yards, but he had two touchdowns. He did have that pick, but it wasn't really his fault, the pick six, excuse me. And he also led the team in rushing, six carries for 45 yards. That's not good. But David Montgomery is a guy I'm going to look out for in this game against the Seattle Seahawks front seven. 21 carries, 74 yards, and a touchdown. Josh Reynolds was our receiving yard leader, four catches for 80 yards. So 
we have weapons and guys that, you know, not Josh Reynolds isn't really a weapon. I'm not going to sit there and say that, but I think we have adequate enough pieces to be able to sustain, you know, our lackluster wide receiver group. And Amon Ra, obviously the first touchdown score to the 2023 season. I think he's going to have a really big game against Seattle. Um, people, they're probably going to try and double him. And that's just going to open up the chemistry between Jared Goff and Josh Reynolds. That's been going on since LA. And we saw it work. Josh Reynolds was open. He was connecting with Josh on those deep shots, those deep crossers. And it was it was working. It it, it came in critical third down moments. And and more, off, more often than not, Josh Reynolds caught the ball. I mean, he... We, we had some issues with him dropping um, some passes last season, you know, here and there. Um, you know, and that was the first time I really saw that out of him. He was kind of a sure-handed wide receiver three, wide receiver four. Um, and now he's kind of pushed up into that wide receiver two position. So it's a lot to ask of the guy. Trust me. But him and Jared Goff have that chemistry, and I think that's going to showcase even more against Seattle. And I think Sam Laporta, we saw a massive impact out of all the Lions rookies and, and not out of the rookies for Seattle in their first game. So we're going to see the rookies... Try, try and elevate and even become more relevant in the game. So Sam Laporta and Brock Wright, I think, are going to be a huge part of this game. I think that Amon Ra is going to get a couple really nice catches. He's going to get a nice game for sure, as usual. Um, he, he's a very reliable receiver, and he is a top-five guy, in my opinion. I really believe that, and I think at the end of the year, people will genuinely believe that. He is a dog. He is a dog. He is him, if you will. And I think that the offense of the Lions is going to be able to overpower this lackluster Seattle Seahawks defense that we saw from week one. I think that's going to carry over in the fourth field because we already know the Lions fans up there in Michigan and Detroit are going to show up and show out. It's going to be loud. It's going to be very, very favorable for the Detroit Lions offense, for their defenses for sure. I mean, the vibe is so important, especially for C.J. Gardner-Johnson, kind of taking helm on that defense, especially against the Chiefs. He was talking that shit, but rightfully so, making the plays to back it up. I want to worry about Cam Sutton, though. That's a guy I'm going to worry about. You know, I don't want him to get lost in the sauce against D.K. Metcalf or Tyler Lockett, because there were some plays, Cam Sutton, my guy, you know, and I, I spoke of you highly, you know, leading into preseason and stuff, but you got to really get stickier on man coverage, man, because you were drifting way far off and just leaving guys open. The Valdez-Scanling catch over the middle was pretty much his fault. Um, and I, I just really worry about some of our perimeter defensive backs because Brian Branch in the nickel position, I, I respect that. He's a hard hitter, and he's a, he's a ball hawk. I mean, we saw that in the first game. In his debut, he, picked up, he got a pick six from Patrick Mahomes. I mean, what else can you ask for out of your rookie? A guy that fell. A guy that, if you go back and listen to the mock drafts, I had him going 10th overall to the Eagles in the draft. He fell way too far. And they got But I really think this will be a, a, a bigger game for... And, and don't get me wrong, it was a bigger game for the Lions' defense against the Chiefs. They held him to 20 points. Don't get me wrong. But I think it will be a bigger, more dominant performance by our D-line. I think Aiden Hutchinson is going to get home. I think that we're going to be able to expose their run game this year because Zach Charbonnet was absent. Kenneth Walker will be a problem. Don't get me wrong. We're going to need to facilitate that in a respectable fashion. Um, but, you know, that just comes with we have the linebackers to sustainably do that. We have Malcolm Rodriguez. We have Alex Anzalone. We have Jack Campbell, who made a hell of a play on his first play in his NFL career. He made a diving pass breakup to Kadari- from, from Kadarius Tony. A beauty. It, full extension, midair, boom. That's Jack Campbell. 
and that's what he's going to bring to the table even more. And Jameer Gibbs is going to be more involved as well because I like that they're limiting their rookies in certain packages and limiting their snap counts because you want to preserve them. You want to keep them not only healthy, but make them learn. Not just throw them into the fire, but have them learn from the process, experience the game, the in-game energy and vibes, and the actual on-the-field speed. I love it. I love how slowly and gradually we're taking it, and we're still going to win games. We beat the Chiefs. We beat the fucking Super Bowl champs. You're telling me we can't go in there and beat... We can't be at home and beat Seattle. This is not the team from last year. This is a different Lions team. I really do believe if you look at their schedule, they can legitimately have a legitimate chance of going 6-0. Logan and I were talking about this off mic. Shout out to Logan. Not shout out to the Giants, but I I mean, we're going to see what they can do against the Cardinals in Week 2, but that's a whole situation. But I really firmly believe that, based on week one, that the Lions are probably one of the best teams in the NFC, if not top two. They beat the Super Bowl champs. Eagles couldn't do it last year in the Super Bowl. You're telling me that the fucking Bills are doing that. The only guy that's done it, got uh, he had a horrible game. Joe Burrow. Horrible game, week one. So this is a very different... You know, NFL that we're looking at here, very strange week one, very out of the ordinary in my opinion. Um, But let's get into some of the player predictions and some of my thoughts on overall what will be done regarding the stat sheet if you have your guys in fantasy. And I just want to shout myself out. I went 1-0 in both my leagues this week and everyone was shitting on me. As usual, shitting on my picks, shitting on me. You know, that's fine. Hey, that's fine, bro. That's fine. My, My team outscored both my... I shat on both of my opponent's teams. I shot on them. One of them had Jared Goff and Amon Ra. And I had Justin Herbert, who had a hell of a game, had a rushing touchdown himself, which really put him over the top. And Christian McCaffrey with Justin Herbert was just disgusting this past weekend. It got me like 58 points. But either way, the, the, to, to get into this team, I think the Lions are an easily bettable team. Take the safe picks with Amon Ra. I mean, he's a, he's, a, he's a sure-handed bet. Like, if you're betting, if you're gambling on a guy, you know, the over or the under, in this game... I don't know what the over-under is, but I honestly might take the under based on what we saw out of Seattle last week. I think the Lions could win this game 28-14, to honestly. I really do believe that. I think that, I'm not going to say that's my official score prediction, but now that I'm talking about it, I could see it happening. Because I feel like Seattle, although I thought they got a lot better in the offseason, it looks like they might go through some growing pains this season with some of their younger guys. And, and just overall, 30 points scored on that defense. That's scary. Like, I, I was I was holding that defense to a high standard. I thought they were building something there that could have, uh, you know, put them in contention. But based on week one, you're losing to the fucking Rams. I don't know. Uh, the Rams were not good last year. Don't get me wrong. The Rams are a full-sound club. You know, they, you know, they got the ring recently. They've had rings in the past. This century, they've been good. But they were in the gutter last year, and, and you don't you don't come out you know losing thirty to thirteen against those guys unless you're bad, unless you're bad. something's wrong with the, the the core, something's something's not working there. The, the, the OC maybe the loss of their OC really set them back. That may be a massive. You know, we're, no one's talking about that. That guy went to Tampa, and look at what Tampa did against the Minnesota Vikings week one. I mean, wow, you know. I mean, that's something to really discuss. Is that loss of Dave Canales a uh, 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 like a, a deal breaker for Seattle? Is Pete Carroll just so swept up on defense that the offense kind of just really got left out to dry type shit? But 30 points, man. Scored on him. Wow. Excuse me. I, you know, I will say, you know, if you do do podcasts, if you do do YouTube, you got to stay hydrated. 
You really do. You don't want that scratchy throat noise. You don't want any of that, you know. I don't want my voice to crack either, you know. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, overall, I think this game, I'm, I'm going to give you my official score prediction, and then we're going to get into some of the player performance guesses that I have regarding the quarterbacks on each side, regard, regarding the running backs, which I happen to have Jameer Gibbs and uh, Kenneth Walker in in a lineup, so I'm going to have to, you know, take a look at that. But, um I think the score of this game, it's going to go one of two ways. The Lions are going to win outright, like I said, 28-17. to 17. Or, it'll be a close-fought victory by the Lions, 28-21. to 21. You know, a little closer than, than I'd like. But I think that'll be somewhere around the score. Um, uh, but I think performance-wise, I think Jared Goff throws for over 300 on this team. Um... I think that he'll have two touchdowns, one going to Amon Ra and one going to Sam Laporta. Um, And then I think Jameer Gibbs will get his first rushing touchdown or just overall touchdown in this game. Maybe Sam, uh, maybe uh, Jared Goff has uh, three touchdowns and he throws one to Jameer. But I think David Montgomery will have a good game on the ground, probably over 70 rushing yards like we saw last week. I want to say maybe it's 100. I don't know. I don't, I, I can't see it for sure because we do utilize the play-action pass a lot. But I, I do think that if you do have Sam Laporta, I think you should start him in this game, um, if, you are, if you're on fantasy at least. But And then on the Seattle Seahawks offensive side of the ball, I think I can see Kenneth Walker getting a touchdown or two. Geno probably gets a touchdown, but I think he throws two picks. Um, and I think he might even fumble. And I think they contemplate benching him. You know, I think this is going to be an embarrassing kind of performance for the offense again, maybe. But they just, they do well on the ground, uh, but not through the air. I, but I think overall, I think Aiden Hutchinson and our defensive, Josh Pascal and Dave Houston, I think each of those guys potentially gets a sack. Aline McNeil, I think our defense is going to eat this offense alive. I really believe that. And that's just going to ruin the, the tempo and the energy of their defense which is going to make it easier for Jared Goff, a veteran quarterback playing at an elite level, to operate within his offense and with his system and march down the field and just eat up time, you know? As long as we keep the ball out of, obviously, Tariq Woolen, Devin Witherspoon, those, those defensive guys' hands, no turnovers, we keep this a clean game, I think we can win this handedly going out, going into Week 2. And that's just my personal opinion. Um, I obviously want to see a little bit better play calling by Ben Johnson. Uh, his play calling week one was a little strange at, at times, um, but overall I think our defense really showed out for us and showed that they are an above average defense that can really hold uh, elite offenses at bay if needed, make those critical stops in critical moments. And that's what I really wanted to see, and I, I honestly got everything I wished for against the Chiefs. And, you know, I, I'm so proud of this Lions team, and I think they've come so long and so far in this uh, in this two-year stretch that Dan Campbell's been there, 3-13-1, and and one to 9-8, and eight, to now beating the Chiefs in the opener at Arrowhead. I mean, what else can you ask for? So I really think that they can handle the Seahawks, especially since they played them last year. They lost to them last year. They're not going to lose to them this year. They're just not. They won't. Dan Campbell will not allow that to happen. I firmly believe Dan Campbell is the superstar of this team, and he can lead his men that would honestly, I could safely say, probably die for this man, you know, because he just makes it that type of intense. Like, that energy is with him no matter what because he loves the game. He loves his guys. He has passion for everything, every aspect of it. You can tell he tries his ass off and works with Brad Holmes, the best GM probably of this century, to, to, to facilitate and also capitalize on 
good picks, good draft position, and overall getting their guys and never giving a fuck about what people say. And I just love that about this team. I love this I love this about them, you know, and, and I think that's why we're going to have a very successful year this year. And you know what? No one's really saying it yet because it's been week one, but, you know, potentially some Super Bowl rumblings. I, I would love to see Jared Goff lead this team back to a Super Bowl. Um, not like he's taken the lines there before, but, you know, I want to see him back in the Super Bowl because, you know what, I think this time around, you know, I think he can do it. You know, I think he'll have the measurables. I think he'll have the intensity. I think he'll have the confidence, the IQ to go head-to-head with anyone this year. Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, you name it. He just beat Patrick Mahomes at Arrowhead. You know, that's a statement. So am I, am I scared of Geno Smith coming into town after that? No. I think Lions fans can now finally say, yo, we have some fucking some confidence going into this, you know, this week. You know, every week last year was like, oh, we may not, you know, if they rush for 110 yards, we're going to lose it. You know, it's always, it was always something. It was always an excuse. But now I firmly believe that the Detroit Lions are here and they're here to stay. And, you know, after the season, based on what I'm looking at, I think they got to re-sign Goff. I think they got to re-sign him to a nice little deal and keep him until he retires. I think I think if he can get them to the playoffs and win a game in the playoffs at least, you got to you got to let him retire with this team. He brought them from shit. He was a part of this turnaround. He was a part of this turnaround from sewage to oh, we're going to go get a high-rise type shit. But they did have to bite some kneecaps off on the way. That's what I love about Dan Campbell. But yeah, no, I think, you know, as I was saying, Kenneth Walker will have a good game, but Gino will probably have a lackluster performance as well uh, as this, you know, this past week one game. Um, their defense will probably struggle because they're going to be off balanced and not centered because of their offensive uh, lack of ability, in a sense. And it's going to be interesting to see Pete Carroll try and play that game of chess with what you know he kind of doesn't have, especially with staffing, because it did look like overall the play calling for his offense was a little terrible. <laughs> I mean. 13 points, you don't like that at all. I mean, I'm sure if you were the Giants, you'd appreciate 13 points right now, but if you were the Giants fans as well. But still, the Seahawks, they look like a bottom-five team in the in the league right now. and That's a little shocking to say, but based on week one, they'd probably be bottom-five in my power rankings. But again, thank you everyone for tuning into this episode of the Lions Week 2 Preview. And we're going to be discussing a lot more um, you know, Lions football, especially the post-game discussion. And we'll, you know, we'll, get, we'll break down stats, player performances, and make sure you're following us on all of our social media platforms at Tea Time Reports on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Threads. Also, YouTube. Uh, we cover a, an immense amount of sports, especially the NFL. So definitely give those accounts a follow. And you know, whatever platform you're listening to the podcast on, it would be greatly appreciated if you just click that follow button and you know, maybe gave us a little rating with a thumbs up or the little like button or whatever. That would be greatly, greatly appreciated because we're just trying to grow this channel and Uh, trying to get out to more people, reach more people, and just share our passion with people. And that's kind of the goal. And, you know, that's kind of what we love to do. So genuinely, everyone, thank you again so much for listening to this Lions Week 2 preview episode. Greatly appreciated. This is Trevor, signing out.